pray with me, church. Oh, Father, when we are not faithful, you remain faithful. When we are not dependable, you remain dependable. When we are inconsistent, you are perfectly consistent. When we are tempted to not be merciful to our friends and neighbors and even our enemies, you continue to shower mercy upon us every day. There's none like you. Thank you that our salvation is nearer now than when we first believed. Thank you that with the aid of the Holy Spirit, we are grasping more and more of your heart every day. Even in our brokenness, we find the strength to be made whole because of you. And even in our weakness, which is a good thing, because it reminds us that we are not you and we need you. Your strength is made perfect in our weakness. So again, Dad, I just say there's nobody like you. You alone are worthy of all of our praise. For it's in you that we live and that we move and that we have our being. We're alive and we're alive in Christ Jesus for those of us who are born again. Lord, if there's someone here under the sound of my voice who is not born again, who is not a Christian, who's not a disciple of Jesus, I pray that today would be the day of salvation. And for any believer who is backslidden, who is determined to do things their way and they're suffering grief and anguish because of it, I pray that today would be the day of repentance. That today would be the day where they wake up. Oh God, have your way. May we testify today of your goodness. May you get all the glory today because it's all yours. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. If you have your Bibles, would you turn over to Psalm 107. Psalm 107. I have many gospel groups that I love many times music is one of the things that God uses to help get me through midnight hours and midnight moments a group by the name of the Williams Brothers had a song that came out a few years ago that really carried me through a dark season and the song is entitled Still here and in that song they talk about how they had so many burdens but they were still here they had been lied on many times they had been lied on but they were still here and the song says through it all I made it through another day's journey why because God kept me here. And I want to let you know that you not only made it through another day, but as of today, the 26th of December, 2021, you've made it through another year only by the grace of God. Because in 2021, some of us were in car accidents, but you're still here. In 2021, some of us visited the hospital, but you are still here. In 2021, some of us lost jobs. Some of us lost income. Some of us lost homes. Some of us lost friends. But by the grace of God, we did not lose our minds and we're still here. <laughs> some of us buried loved ones. And unfortunately, some of us even contracted COVID but by the grace of God 
we are still here. God's not finished with you yet. Ecclesiastes chapter 9 verse 4 says that with the living there is hope. With the living. So because you're alive today, no matter what you're going through, you have hope. Because God said, live. And the Bible lets us know that hope is defined as a positive expectation for the future. So no matter what I'm going through today, as tough and as hard as it is, as Brother Jonathan said earlier to open the service, he's been with us in the hard times. He's ordained the hard times. He's allowed the hard times. He's using the hard times so that Christ can be birthed in us all the more and so that hope may be a reality for us. We're alive, we're alive, we're alive. But this morning I awakened to the news just like you that Archbishop Desmond Tutu went home to be with the Lord. We're about to see those things on programs where they show us the people who passed away in 2021, who didn't cross over into Canaan for 2022. And truth be told, none of us are guaranteed 2022. <laughs> We're here today. We're believing we'll cross over. We don't boast about tomorrow because we don't know what a day may bring forth. But to live is Christ. To die is what? It's gain. That's why Paul said, whether I live or die, Christ will be magnified in my body. But Bishop Desmond Tutu, he was the man who said, when the missionaries arrived in Africa, we had the land, they had the Bible. Then they said, let us pray. And we closed our eyes. When we opened them again, they had the land and we had the Bible. He also said, when we see others as the enemy, we risk becoming what we hate. When we oppress others, we end up oppressing ourselves. All of our humanity is dependent upon recognizing the humanity in others. Seeing the image of God, the value, the dignity, the worth in others, whether they are Christian or non-Christian. But Bishop Tutu went home to be with the Lord. He's in the presence of God, joining the saints of old, praising God. Isaiah 38 verse 18 says that the dead cannot praise you. What does that mean? We, we know that when people die and go to heaven, they're going to be praising God. So what does the prophet mean the dead cannot praise God? He's talking about they can't praise God anymore on earth. On earth. So the ones who are on earth, we have a responsibility to praise God because that's what we were created to do, to praise him and to give him glory and honor. But we're tempted to praise ourselves. We're tempted to praise other people. We're tempted to give honor and glory to our accomplishments. But when we get our mind right, we get our praise right. <laughs> that's why, as we'll see today, the psalmist said, let the redeemed of the Lord say so because the dead can't praise them down here that's our job until we go up there let the redeemed of the lord say so and before i go any further i just need to know by show of hands any redeemed people in the house i just want to know i just want to look around and see any redeemed people in the house amen amen hallelujah thank god i didn't see every hand up so i pray that god will redeem some people today look at psalm 107 Beginning in verse 1. The writer says, Oh, give thanks to the Lord, for he is good. You see the exclamation point right there? In Eng English class, we were taught that that means ex being ex exclamatory, exclaiming, being loud. So, so, so the psalmist has an exclamation point on his praise. I know Jonathan loves that. For his mercy endures forever. Some versions will translate mercy as loving kindness endures forever. Aren't you glad there's no expiration date on the mercy of God where he does not give us what our sins deserve? Verse 2, let the redeemed of the Lord say so. 
whom he has redeemed from the hand of the enemy. So the redeemed are to say so about this mercy. The redeemed are also to say so about being set free from the hand of the enemy. Because this psalm was written as a psalm of thanksgiving to the Lord for his great works of deliverance. This song, this psalm was written when King Cyrus, the king of Persia, decided to let the Jewish people go out of their 70 year captivity in Babylon. And once the Babylonians were defeated by Cyrus and the Persians, God moved on the king's heart to let the people go. And when he let him go, it fulfilled the perfect time that God said through the prophet Jeremiah that God's people, because of their disobedience, would be in captivity for 70 years. I'm so glad that captivity has an end point, that, that, that you know, it ain't forever. But, but you do have to go into incarceration so I can get your attention because y'all weren't living for me in the land. You were taking advantage, at least a, a trying to take advantage of me in the land and my grace. I warned you, I warned you, I warned you. And so like a good papa, he had to discipline us. And he put them in time out for 70 years. So that when they came out of that captivity, they were going back home with a new mindset. Sometimes captivity. We need those moments where we're locked up, if you will, so that we can hear the voice of the Lord and be reminded of the things that caused us to drift so that when we get out, we say, I don't want that anymore. So King Cyrus decides to end their captivity. He allows the Jews to go back home. And it says in verse two, let the redeemed of the Lord say so whom he has redeemed from the hand of the enemy and gathered verse three out of the lands from the east and from the west, from the north and from the south. So the redeemed of the Lord, they're saying so because they're coming out of slavery. They're coming out of bondage. They're coming out of captivity. And the word redeemed here means to be brought out. Literally means to be brought out. Um, when the Israelites came out of Egypt after over 400 years of slavery, the Bible says that God was the one who brought them out. He was the one who even mounted them up on eagles' wings and brought them out. He was the one who fed them with manna from on high when he brought them out. He was the one who gave them water in the desert when he brought them out. He was the one who not never allowed their clothes to wear out on their back or their sandals on their feet when he brought them out because he was bringing them out to bring them in. He was the one who brought them out. And so the Decalogue or the Ten Commandments begins with that statement that the Lord is the one who brought Israel out. So that they would never ever think that it was their ingenuity, that it was their resources, that it was up to them for their deliverance to occur. But no, it was the Lord who brought them out with a mighty hand. The Lord brought them out. And to be redeemed means to be brought out. God delivered Israel from the hand of the enemy. Verse 2, whom he has redeemed, brought out from the hand of the enemy. It literally means he brought them out from the clutches of the enemy. What enemy? A national enemy, Persia. First Babylon, then Persia. God brought them out from a national enemy to set them free and to bring them back to their homeland in Israel. So we thank God that he's the one who brings us out. And when God redeemed Israel, he did several things for them according to the psalm. I will just read them quickly to you. When he brought them out, he did several things. Number one, he gathered them. Verse three. That's what the redeemed are supposed to say so about you. You gathered us. You, you brought us back. Uh, uh, he delivered them. Verses six and 20. He led them. Verse seven. He satisfied them. Verse 9. He saved them when he brought them out. Verse 13. He 
brought them out. In case you didn't realize what the word redeem means, we see it in verse 14. He brought them out of darkness and the shadow of death and broke their chains in pieces. And in case you missed it, he said it again in verse 28. Then they cry out to the Lord in their trouble and he brings them out of their distress. He's a God who will bring you out. But you got to cry out and say, I want to come out. Don't be comfortable in prison. Don't be comfortable in captivity. Don't be comfortable in a backslidden state. No, God, I'm sick and tired of being tired. Bring me out. He is the one who brings us out. The Bible says in verse 14, he broke their chains. Verse 20, he healed them. Verse 29, he calms the storm. And in verse 30, he guides them. So in this psalm, when the redeemed are to say something, God is like, let me remind you of all that I've done for you so that you can say something. Because many of the redeemed have a tendency of keeping their mouth shut because of fear. Keeping their mouth shut because of church etiquette. I don't know what church you went to. But, but, but some folks have this thing. I'm not going to say anything even though God's given me breath to praise him and to testify. I'm not saying anything. But the psalmist said, the song says, let the redeemed of the Lord say so. It's no wonder that four times in this psalm, the psalmist says, Oh, that men would give thanks to the Lord for his goodness and for his wonderful works to the children of men. Oh, that men would give thanks to the Lord for his goodness and for the wonderful works to the children of men. Oh, that men would give thanks to the Lord for his goodness and for his wonderful works to the children of men. Oh, that men would give thanks to the Lord for his goodness and for his wonderful works to the children of men. Verse 8, 15, 21, and 31. Because the psalmist is saying all this good stuff that God is doing and then he stops four times and says, I just wish somebody would praise his name and you know when the saints start getting a little rowdy and raucous for God and, and, and giving him glory sometimes the religious establishment the religious syndicate the self-righteous ones come by and say master tell your people to be quiet as you're riding triumphantly into Jerusalem they're making too much noise master they're undignified master tell your people to be quiet and what did Jesus say <laughs> I'm not going to tell them to be quiet because if they are quiet I'm here to let you know the rocks will cry out and we used to sing a song early in the days of strong tower the English is not correct but the theology is great ain't no rock gonna cry in my place as long as I'm alive, I'll glorify his holy name. Then we go on to say, ain't no tree going to raise its branches. As long as I'm alive, I'll glorify his holy name. Ain't no bird going to sing in my place. As long as I'm alive, I'll glorify his holy name. It's time for us to speak up. Another group called Commission, my favorite group, says, if you won't tell it, let me tell it what the Lord has done for me. Oh, I'm going to testify. I am redeemed and I'm going to say something. Now I'm the pastor and I have the mic almost 52 Sundays a year. So you hear me, but oh Lord, I want to hear some of y'all because in a moment, this mic, that mic is going to be open for the redeemed to come on up here and say so what the Lord did for you in you through you in 2021 because they're are three things that always happen when the redeemed of the Lord say so three things that happen number one other redeemed people will be encouraged <laughs> when you testify other redeemed folk will be encouraged and they just might say so because they see you saying so because the spirit moves in the body like that you know, the spirit works in the family like that when somebody gets up and talks about God being a way maker Somebody over here who needs a way made is going to be encouraged when they hear your testimony, knowing that God is no respecter of persons and that God is in the building. Oh, I like when God is blessing my neighbor because that just means he's in the neighborhood. Come on with it. So when the redeemed of the Lord say so, other redeemed people will be encouraged to say so. Not only that, number two, some of the unredeemed will become redeemed. Because when the redeemed start talking about the goodness of the Lord in spite of our trash, our mess, our junk, our filth, that lets sinners know there's hope. 
Because you're not painting this thing so high like you're holier than thou. No, you're broken, busted, and disgusted just like a lost person. The only thing is you have Jesus on your side. And he's working in you. He's working on you. He's conforming you to his image. And here's the irony of it all. The closer I get to Jesus, the more aware of my sinfulness I become. (laughs) So the less judgmental of others I should be. Because when I'm walking in the light as he is in the light, I need some blood to cleanse me of my sin. So I've never had a perfect day, but I've always had a perfect savior. And the unredeemed need to hear the saints tell the truth. As opposed to, again, trying to set up this picture that we aren't even fulfilling. We just got to let folk know that, man, I'm just a beggar who found the bread of life, man. I was dying of thirst, but Jesus quenched my soul, man. That gives the unredeemed hope. Mm, mm, mm. But thirdly, when the redeemed of the Lord say so, the enemy will be reminded of his defeat. Oh, my God. Every time we testify. Because the devil will take shots. And we need to take some shots too. Just don't be a punching bag to the spiritual warfare that goes on. Throw some punches. When Jesus was being tested and tempted by the enemy, he threw some punches called the word of God. He said, it is written. And we also need to not only throw some word, we we need to throw up some praise. Because the enemy can't stand when God's people begin to praise the Lord. He can't stand it when we take our eyes off of him, off of our circumstances, off of ourselves, off of people, off the natural realm. And begin to worship God anyhow when you got a yet praise in your spirit. The devil can't stand because as you draw nigh to God, God will draw nigh to you. Resist the devil and he will flee. So he can't stand it when we start testifying. Let me tell you what God did for me. He, he, he made a way. He healed me. He delivered me. Matter of fact, man, he, he's helped me get free from this alcohol thing. He helped me get free from this nicotine thing. And when you start testifying like that, again, it gives people hope. It gives unredeemed the ability to say, maybe I need to try this Jesus. And like the gap band, you're going whoop upside the devil's head. It's a head blow to the devil. So pray, because, look, bad English again, ain't nobody mad but the devil. I'm going to give God praise. I'm not going to wait till I get to heaven. I'm going to praise him now. So Psalm 107 encourages the redeemed of the Lord to say so. (laughs) And I just want to know, is there anybody here that got something to say about the Lord? Eight years ago, eight years ago, a boy, a nine-year-old boy, named Willie Myrick was kidnapped from his yard in Atlanta, Georgia. Eight years ago, a nine-year-old boy named Willie Myrick was kidnapped from his yard in Atlanta. The kidnapper took Willie, but he didn't know something about Willie. Willie had a song in his soul. And when the kidnapper kidnapped Willie, he returned Willie three hours later. Dropped Willie off on a curb, said, don't tell nobody, because for three straight hours, this is truth, Willie sang, every praise is to our God. Every word of worship on one accord, every praise, every praise. So the, the kidnapper got Willie, and Willie in the back, every praise is to our God. And you know, Hezekiah Walker write them songs you sing for about 15, 20 minutes anyway. So Willie just kept on going to the point where the kidnapper, the one who meant evil, could not stand the praise anymore. Say, I got to put you out my car. I just wish there was just one witness who ain't afraid to just give God the praise anywhere, anytime about all the things that he's done. So this microphone is open. I'd like to have three people on this side and three people on that side who will come up one after another, socially distancing, and, and, and do the ABCs of testifying in Strong Tower, you know, articulate, you know, we want to understand you. B, be brief. I just preached. I just preached. And then C, be Christ-centered. So, 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 as my brother plays lightly and medicationally, 
if God's done something. I know he has. I know we all could be up here. But I'm looking for somebody. Man, there's something went. I mean, you might want to testify about whatever. If the Spirit is touching your heart, come share. Come on. This family. This family. Come on. I need three on this side, three on that side. Somebody needs to be encouraged. The unredeemed need to hear this. And let's make the devil mad. <laughs> come on. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I see some. I see some lining up here. I see some lining up here. Come on up. Come on up. I see some lining up here. Oh, let's give Jesus some praise in his house. Come on. Let's give Jesus some praise in his house. This is the last Sunday of the year. A lot of other folk didn't make it, but we still here. We got to praise. All right. I'm going to start over here with this man to my right, Brother Chauncey. Come on. Good morning, church. November of... Um... 2020, I was uh, diagnosed with COVID-19, and uh, it was a. Okay. I was uh, diagnosed with COVID-19, and it was a real rough moment for me. And at times, I I really didn't think I I was gonna make it. I couldn't breathe. I couldn't walk from here to this podium. But God redeemed me, and I'm just uh, grateful and thankful to him and I'm just looking forward to see what he's going to do in my life because he, he redeemed me for a purpose and for a reason God bless Thank you. good morning church um, my name is Corey um, I, I know when I was younger I had problems with my speech problems with being dyslexic and all types of different things um i actually got diagnosed with covid like last year it, what was it the beginning of this year beginning of this year as well um and the job got rid of me and all this different stuff but what i want to tell you now is that um i'm a poet so i can actually speak in front of people i can do all the different stuff like that i have no problems with that The job that ended up giving me COVID got rid of me. Like, they gave me COVID. You know, I was working for, like, this tech company and stuff like that. And then they said, you know, I was working as a part-time person. And they said I was doing a great job. Then I got COVID. Then they said I was doing a terrible job. Well, I want to tell you that after they got rid of me, I got a better job. <laughs> It's closer. I was working all the way out in Lebanon. It's closer. I have less stress. I don't work six days a week or anything like that. So, um, if it's time, I was going to do a poem. Because um, this is a poem about love. That's another thing God taught me. Because before I felt like, you know, everybody's hypocrites and all this different stuff and blah, blah, blah. But I had to realize that I do stuff hypocritical. I don't expect everybody to be perfect. If I did, then, you know, God helps the sick, not the well. It's not one of us that doesn't need help from God. So when I was trying to act like I needed to be around people who were just all good, then I realized that I didn't deserve to be around those people either. anyway. So this poem is about love. And that's what I truly found out. It's called Love Poem. I love you, love. See, it's the meaning of life. It's always right. It's there in the air where you knew it to be. It's in you, it's in me, it's what we should be. We can have it whenever we want it, but we run, we hide, we decide not to take the risks. We basically are running from bliss. If you had any questions, it truly does exist. It's God. It's good all the time. It's what keeps us whole and saves my mind. It's the only thing that truly has ever gotten me out of a bind. It's creation over destruction. It's my foundation and my function. It's willpower over seduction. It's a whistleblower in corruption. It's a baby that's been breastfed. It's a servant of God that's been led. It's the only thing that has ever set me free. It's in you. It's in me. It's what we should be. We can have it anytime. It's all 
there in the world and in your mind. It is. Lord knows it is. It is. It is. The only reason why there's infinite power in the words, I love you. I love you, love. God bless him. <laughs> hey, thinking about 2021 and um, what God has done for me this year. When I lost my husband, one of the things that I was the most afraid of was um, getting sick and being by myself. Um, and God brought me through three different health scares this year. Um, in January, I had to have major surgery, um, but praise God, there was no cancer. Uh, and of course, my daughter took good care of me, and uh, but God was there. Um, and then um, in March, I had a trip to the ER um, because of my healthy smoothie that I made. Um, had banana and spinach, and um, I decided I became allergic to those things. Sent me to the ER. Um, my husband used to always say that broccoli was the tree of knowledge of good and evil. You know, it was the it was what God, you know, said this bad thing. So I think spinach is right there with it. <laughs> but anyway, God protected me, kept me alive. I'm still here. And then in um, this summer, um, I had another scare, um, had some blood work done. You know, as you get older, you go to the doctor a lot, and you get all this blood work, you know, and it showed my kidneys were not doing very well at all. And um, that was a major scare for us because my husband, that's what took him. Uh, he had chronic kidney disease and then kidney cancer, so... My kidney's not doing good. That was really a scare for me and my family. Well, the Lord um, helped me to make some diet changes. Uh, my doctors um, changed some medicine. And this week, I went to the doctor, had that follow-up blood work. And um, my kidney doctor had said, hey, if you're over this number, you don't even need a kidney doctor. 19 points over that. Praise God. <laughs> So he is taking care of this widow, um, you know, better than my husband ever did. Um, he said that he would be the champion of the widows and that he would be a husband to them. And he's done that in 2021, and I'm still here, and I praise him. year of my life. Yeah. <laughs> Me and my husband, um, we, we lost a pregnancy in August. And um, our marriage was not in a good place and my job wasn't in a good place and I had suffered with um, depression and, and um, suicidal thoughts for the majority of this year I know that God has something greater for me and greater for my family and um, my husband told me he said your words are powerful and I went for about three weeks just saying Lord I just want this year to be over I just want this year to be over 
And God spoke to me and said, Rhonda, I want you to trust me like you have never done before. You can't trust in people. You can't trust in your finances. You can't trust in your credentials. You're only going to be able to trust in me. And I just thank God that he put people around me that prayed for me, that came to see about me and and didn't judge that I wasn't trusting God. I was angry with God. And I said things that I shouldn't have said about him. I don't know if anybody else does that, but I went to a place of why me. But I can tell you that he has given me a strength that I can never believe I ever had. And I know that I'm redeemed. And I know that I had to say something because... I know people might have things going on in their family and and jobs and marriages. But don't let the devil talk you out of this life. Just find peace in him because he wants you to live no matter what. And your life, your life is important. Father, we thank you for how you walked with your daughter through the valley of the shadow of loss and death and discouragement and depression. I thank you, God, that in that dark place, you never left her, you never forsook her, and she heard your voice and you strengthened her with strength in her inner woman and she can stand here today because she knows as she has testified that not only are you real but she is redeemed so God I pray that whatever you allow the enemy to take you would give back 100 fold Thank you for Thomas, her husband, her covering. Thank you, God, for the grace that is in their marriage. Thank you for friends in Memphis and friends here who help hold their arms up when they get tired and weary. When the enemy lies, there are friends who help lift up the shield of faith to extinguish the missiles of the enemy. Thank you, Lord, for community. Thank you for what they have been and meant to this body, how they have served your people. Even your servants get tired sometimes. Even your servants get weary sometimes. Even your servants go through issues. But I thank you that she knows you as a keeper. Thank you that every tear that she has shed, your word says that there's a golden bowl in heaven that, that you capture the tears of the saints. No tears missed. So Lord, she's in good hands, great hands. She's in your hands. Can't wait to see what you're going to do. Thank you, Lord, that she had the courage to come and testify. I pray, Lord, you crown them with blessings upon blessings. Goodness and mercy will follow them all the days of their lives. That they'll see your goodness in the land of the living. Bless, bless, bless. In Jesus' name I pray. Hallelujah. was sitting there and I wanted to make sure I wrote this out and I see why God had me to do this. I want to 
Thank God for deliverance from putting God in a box that I could not understand. I thought it was spiritual to underestimate the power and provision of God in my life. I would say words like, it doesn't take all that. I don't need all of that. I'm good. And I thought that that was displaying gratitude. I thought that that was being grateful. In a way it was. But God let me know it wasn't gratitude. It was actually lack of faith for something greater and expecting great things from God in my life. God was saying to me, it was time for me to shake his pockets, to trust him for everything, and that it wasn't spiritual, that I needed to step outside of the box. He said, I want you to trust me for things that you can't see, that you can't intellectualize with your knowledge, because he knows that I think here a lot. So I just want to let you know that if you're one of those intellectual people, if you're one of those thinkers, and you try to put that on God, I want to encourage you to stop. I stand before you now like a kid in a candy store, trusting God, grateful to God, shaking God's pockets. He's saying to me, look, just shake my pockets. I have so many things in there for you. I just need you to go in there and pull them out. I've got them for you. You love me and I've got them for you. So knowing that his desire is to bless me and that what I thought was good enough, he doesn't. He wants great things for me and he wants great things for you. And sometimes what we think is great, he wants to give us so much more. So don't limit God. Trust God and be that kid in the candy store. Sometimes he wants you to say yes to things that you said no to for a long time. And sometimes he wants you to say no to some things that you said yes to for a long time. But if you do that, you will see God and experience God in ways that you never imagined. I stand here before you all the time and tell you to trust God, but now I'm trusting God and boy, he is blowing my mind. I invite you to allow God to blow your mind. Amen. other don't we I was reminded of that this morning uh, I get a prayer <clears throat> most mornings written by a pastor friend of mine I'm not on his list but another friend who's on the list sends it to me and uh, <clears throat> a couple weeks ago I was with some friends out of town and one of the fellows there I'd known him a long time but I didn't know him well and he said, I really need some help in my spiritual life. I need some encouragement daily. Would you read the Bible through with me? Read this daily, you know, one-year Bible. I thought, oh, no, I don't want to do that. That's what I thought. <clears throat> my wife has done that about ten times. And I, it's really convicting to me. <clears throat> I said, well, let me think about it. Uh, but... I got a prayer somebody else wrote that I'll send to you every day. <clears throat> and he said, well, what I'll send to you is a passage of scripture every day that means something to me. My testimony is that this morning, he sent me a few verses out of Luke that I'd heard many times, but I heard them for real today. And it says... Love your enemies. 
Do good to those who despitefully use you. Man, I didn't, I didn't want to hear that. But I, need, I needed to hear that. And it also says, if someone has taken something from you, don't try to get it back. Well, Chris and Darina know they've walked with me for many years uh, in, in, in a situation where I felt like I had enemies and that they had despitefully used me. And I'm, again today, thanking God for freedom freedom to pray for those who have despitefully used me and even do good for them I pray that I can do that and in another situation where I thought someone had taken something from me that I don't try to get it back anymore and finally I just want to praise the Lord and thank him Uh, not just that I have my whole family here with me today which is always a tremendous blessing. You all know that when you have your families together. But that I can say, like the Apostle Paul said, and like Chris quoted earlier, there's no greater joy than to see your children walking with the Lord. They hadn't always been walking with the Lord. I've seen them off the path. But for now, I praise God they're on the path. With their wives, our new, as my wife says, our new daughters in love. And I hadn't been on the path. I've been off the path a lot, more than probably all my kids put together. But I want to thank him for his faithfulness of continuing to bring me back. And I want to encourage you with your children and your spouses and your brothers and your sisters that are off the path of life to don't give up. Keep casting your cares on him. Keep giving them to him because it ain't over yet. And we serve a redeemer. That's what he does. We got hopefully one more daughter-in-law coming. We don't know yet. And uh, <clears throat> we got a friend here with us today, uh, Ruby, that's that's visited with us this weekend. And it's been a blessing. And I was so encouraged by these testimonies. I want to thank you for that. And Ruby last night was thinking, I, how am I going to give gifts to all these people? I, you know, I hardly know them. And she wrote a poem for all of us. And I thought about that as the brother shared today. And as the sister shared about depression, I am way too acquainted with that. But I just thank God for today and for his word and how we have each other and that we too can go forth and speak of his truth and his blessings in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, stand to your feet. Amen. He kept us. He brought us. He healed us. He provided for us. He protected us. He covered us. He sang over us. He blessed us. Father, we thank you that we could just take a moment to testify. And as we said earlier, church doesn't end when church ends. Church really starts when the service ends pray for some great conversations over lunch pray for reconciliation to occur this coming week between family estranged friends I pray God for people to go into the new year expectant not afraid of COVID or of the variants but trusting in you and operating in wisdom I pray God that you would continue to bless this church to be a blessing thank you God for the privilege that you gave us over Thanksgiving and Christmas to serve hundreds of people in the community thank you Lord that we got to bless and touch our elderly saints widows, orphans, children 
Thank you that we got to feed some people this year. Lord, we want to do more. We want to tell more people about your love. We want people not only to hear about you, we want them to feel you in their soul. And God, we promise any good thing that comes to this church, in this church, through this church, in our lives, all the glory goes to you. All the glory goes to Calvary. Lord, I pray that you would use us as we leave this place. That as we journey and as we go out into the world, we will be your representatives. We'll be your witnesses as you called us to be. That we'll be men and women of light and truth and love and salt and grace. That God, when we touch folks, we can touch them in the name of Jesus without having to announce it and pronounce it. That we can be your hands and your feet. Lord, bless this body, please. Bless this community. Jesus, we know you're coming back, but until then, Lord, help us to occupy. Help us to be ready. Help us to get up, as our worship leader would say, on alert, with our head on a swivel, recognizing that we're in the last days. And even still, we're to have some good days in these last days because you've been that good to us. Now unto him who is able to keep you from falling and to present you faultless before his throne with exceeding joy. To the only wise God, our Savior, be glory, majesty, dominion, and power both now and forevermore. And all of the redeemed said, I said all of the redeemed said, all of the redeemed said, come on, put your hands together, give Jesus a praise. Have a blessed day. Lord willing, we'll see you next Sunday.